so the UAW, I mean, they're asking for they're asking for a haul in these ongoing conversations, these these contract negotiations with General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis. And even GM criticizing the breadth and scope of these demands. Uh, They reportedly have said this would threaten the ability to do what's right for the long-term benefit of the team. Now, uh, again, the UAW was trying to get the best deal for for the union members. The automakers are trying to give them a good deal while also still being able to function, also still be be able to to operate at a high level. Here's an interesting point. Um, Back in 2019, there was a 40-day strike with General Motors. It reportedly cost GM $3.6 billion, with a B, dollars. Now, Sean Fain, there will be a vote about whether or not to initiate a strike if these, I don't know, demands aren't met. It is a a, a staggering time for these negotiations when you consider how public they've been. Sean Fain taking to Facebook multiple times to to lay out the the, the plan of attack here, throwing away a Stellantis counteroffer, um, very public. And there have been a lot of norms that have been thrown out the window. So where are these two sides at as we stand today? Merrick Masters is a professor of business at Wayne State University, and he joins us. Uh, professor, good to have you with us. Where, where are we at on on these negotiations between the UAW and the Big Three? Are we miles apart here? Well, I think you sort of set the stage very well. I think whether we're miles apart depends on the question of this significant degree to which the UAW is going to go to the mat for these so-called demands. If this list that they have, which would total about $80 billion over four years and drive hourly costs up to $150 an hour, are serious demands that they're not going to back away from, or if they're a wish list, if it's the latter case, a wish list, I think that they can find an agreement. And there's one thing that I would point to in terms of analyzing the situation, <clears throat> there's a lot of noise in the background. The parties yell at each other, like get on Facebook and and beat their chests and do all kinds of things like that. But sometimes that can be a little bit of a diversion. I'm wondering what's going on behind the table at um, GM and Ford, and are they making progress? Uh, at Ford, you have a history of good relationships between the union and the company, a very experienced UAW negotiator there in Chuck Browning. And I would be very interested in seeing whether they're making progress and they might be really what will drive the ultimate bargain here. Now, uh, you, you pointed out uh, an interesting uh, 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 kind of statistic in, in one uh, publication that I saw in 1970. GM implored more than 400,000 workers. Today, there are roughly 146,000 people that work for all three for for the UA that are UAW members. So there has been and, and again, 53 years ago, it was a different way of building cars, right? You needed more fingers, you needed more people to assemble these cars. Today, it's it's different. But is the is the the 
the trepidation here for the UAW is that less will there be less workers needed to build these cars into the future as they make the switch to EVs? So so get the you know kind of get the good now while you can. I think it's more significant than just the shift to EVs. EVs require less labor and therefore fewer UAW workers. But I think the companies are continually looking for ways to substitute technology for workers and that if they are stuck with a high labor cost bill in this case, they'll um, accelerate their efforts to substitute technology for labor. So I would think that, you know, you're going to see a continuing decline in the the need for workers to produce the same volume. And it's going to be a requirement here where the companies are going to have to substantially grow their market share if they want to maintain current employment levels. How damaging would it be for for any of the big three if there indeed is a strike? And I pointed out the 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 loss that GM took in 2019 over three billion dollars. But but in, as these these big three make this switch to EVs, I mean, Ford reported a loss on some of these electric vehicle productions, but that's because they're making the switch in, in a lot of cases. So there's going to be a loss up front with hopes of gains on the back end. Is With this particular time uh, in the big three's history, which seems to be very significant, if there was a strike now, how damaging would it be? Not only for the big three, but then even for, for the economy locally with all of these folks tied in with the auto industry. Well, I've estimated just back of the envelope estimates that um, – a strike for six weeks, 42 days would cost the three companies over $10 billion oh. in lost revenue, and that um, it would cost uh, the workers over a billion dollars in lost wages, and that the UAW just spending $500 a week per worker, per striker, would spend $438 million in mm. strike. Now, you multiply those number, the, the total of the lost wages and the lost revenues by some multiplier to get the economic impact. Um, and, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, potentially for that long a strike, $60 billion impact on the economy, maybe more. Oof. That is a tough, a tough hill to climb. And, uh, and you, you raised the fundamental point, and it's pivotal for them now because they're at a critical juncture. They don't have time to waste in their move to electrification. They bet the whole store on electrification. Yeah, they've gone all in. And if that doesn't pan out, then their futures are problematic. Mm. Merrick Masters, uh, always good to catch up with you. Thank you for the, the insight. Hopefully we've got uh, some good news to talk about very soon. I'm looking forward to that good news. Yeah. Thank you. You got Take it. Care. Merrick Masters with Wayne State University uh, and the uh, the College of Business uh, there. Uh, 800-859-0957. Are you worried about a strike here? I mean, I, I think there has to be some worry. Now, there are some some funds that the automakers uh, save on to in the event of of a strike. But but the long term prognosis is, you know, you, you, you have to make sure that that you're not in the red even after you're fighting for for these for these line items for these demands and from a automaker's perspective I mean you, you just got you have to make sure that you avoid a strike it, it's 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 paramount 800-859-0957 Joel's in Pontiac what's up Jay Hey thanks for taking my call my wife is uh, a part of the Saginaw Chippewas and mm-hmm. 
she was really upset when the Redskins were forced to change their names. So I can see how Native American is like trying to get it back. Why? Why was she upset? I, I got about thirty seconds left. I'm sorry, I'm up against it. Why? Why, why was she mad? Because she did not see that as a takeaway from the from what Native Americans are. Because they're a good upfront standing team. They weren't putting shame to that name at all. Mm. Well, it's interesting, and 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 I appreciate the call, Joel, and the insight. Because I think there, while there are, while there is a contingent of people out there like your wife, I think for for the other side, there are people that are offended, and I think that should be considered again in the case of like what what Cleveland's logo was. They've changed it. They've since made those branding decisions, but this 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 petition may change things a lot for Washington. Got to take a break. More next.